Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I'm a musician and therapist in Los Angeles. Why Not Both is all about how our multiple passions inform our identity. And this season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine and produced by Laura Studeris. If you like what you hear, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and come spend time with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, and that is both on Instagram and on Twitter. This week, we got to spend some time with Harvey Guillen, otherwise known as Guillermo, your favorite familiar from What We Do in the Shadows. I may be biased, but I had an awesome time, so I hope you enjoy our interview. Well, Harvey, welcome to Why Not Both. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted that you are here. How have you been during all the uh, everything? Yeah, it's been, you know, obviously, I can't believe when I say it's been a crazy year because it feels like it would only be a couple months of potentially maybe, you know, uh, being in this situation. But it's almost, you know, the end of the year. And I've been doing surprisingly okay. there's moments of like, you know, obviously there's frustration and fear and all of that. And I, think I will say that, we'll say this, that when everything kind of went south, the first thing that people ran to was entertainment. Like yeah. the first thing people did was run and go and watch because, and it made me think about how in history, that's the first thing we run to during the Great Depression and the old pandemic, like people run to some form of entertainment and escape. And that's usually the first thing they run to. And weirdly enough, that's the first thing that gets cut out of school budgets is the arts. And yeah, yeah, I I find that weird. Isn't that weird? I was talking to, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Joseph Fink from Welcome to Night Vale. He was actually one of my first interviews during this time. And he was just expressing the same thing about, you know, we all turn to the arts during this and that's the first thing that loses funding. And that's the first thing that's like in danger of losing any kind of like support from our government and things like that, where we're like, wait, no, we're the ones keeping everyone going. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's like we're the one who, like, you know, I have tons of people who, who've reached out through social media, and they're just like, you know, watching your show has really kind of like been the only escape during the season and or during this year during this time, and and that 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 means a lot, you know. It's a kind of like it's always nice to have an escape period, but especially when it's a world pandemic and. <laughs> yeah. You're at home and, and you kind of need, we need that, you know, because of you, you, of course you have to acknowledge and address the, the situation, uh, you know, in front of you, but also it is nice to just take a second and be like, you know what, for the next hour, just, just relax, just laugh and remember that you're still alive and breathing and, and trying to make it another day. So enjoy one hour out of the day <laughs> that you can just sit back and your troubles for one hour. Well, and that's how you make it through the other 23. Like, you're not going to... It really is. You can't make it 24 without, you know, having one hour for yourself. Exactly. And I think that it highlights just how important it is that, in a way, it's funny, what popped in my brain was, like, that humans like to tell stories and also that we need to take care of ourselves, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a... we, We forget that, you know. It's like put your, you know, your, your mask on first before you help someone else kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always the thing that always remind. it's, you know, it's, it's, it sounds weird, but it is true. And it's not selfish it is you can't help someone else unless you're completely whole first and then you can help someone else, you know? 
Exactly. Exactly. And thinking about what you said, that's so sweet. I love that people are reaching out to you about that because like, I don't know about you, but I've sometimes felt like occasionally when I put art out into the world, you're like, am I screaming into a void question mark? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that happens as an artist, you know, you're not doing it for the accolade and you're not doing it for the recognition. You're doing it because you believe in the work that you're doing and whatever that is, whether it's a dance recital, whether it's something you composed or an original song or improv or whatever it is, you're doing it for yourself, you know, and anyone else jumps on board and says, that was really good. Then you're like, oh, really? Okay, great. You know? Yeah, you're like bonus round. <laughs> yeah. I feel like sometimes we lose track of that and it's like, what do we think people want to see? And it's like, why don't you just do what, you know, you think you want to see in, in yeah. life and see if there's like-minded people. And if for whatever reason there isn't, then you still did it for yourself and you don't regret it. Exactly. Well, then you can enjoy it and be like, hey, I made the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so important, I think, for creators to hear, especially when we have felt so much pressure over the last year, I, I feel like at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was like, oh my God, now we have all this time. And I was like, yeah, you have time, but it's time under pressure. It's not, it's not like someone's just gifted you a beautiful deserted island. Right. And what to do with that time? You know, it's like, oh, I have all this time. I'm going to make banana bread. And it's like, oh, yes, yes, and, or, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, and, or, you know, how kind of restructure the broken, you know, uh, society that we've had in place for the last year. <laughs> maybe, maybe that yeah, would be maybe. something we could do alongside the banana bread. <laughs> yeah, so but don't like, I mean, I love banana bread. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> boys, get enough banana bread, but like, you know, maybe, you know, also, also yes. And <laughs> snack on banana bread and then dismantle institutionalized racism. Yeah. You know, they go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I think I've, I've read a couple of recipes that ask for that actually. So. <laughs> that's at the bottom of like when you're looking for a recipe and it's like 17 pictures of the food and a story about their dog you're just like no 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 no, no. just tell me how to dismantle it yeah <laughs> skip 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 how do i dismantle the institutionalized racism though let's get to the point <laughs> exactly yeah i think that it's very interesting that you know, you kind of bring that up of you have to take care of yourself first, but then it's this dichotomy of like, how do we care for ourselves and then provide things for others? And I think that we're at a really interesting inflection point where we actually are able to restructure things now. It's almost like everything fell apart in a way. So it's like, well, what do we want to do next? Like now the things have sort of fallen apart. What do we want to build next? Yeah. Or continue to build, a, you know, you started this project, don't leave it halfway. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, that idea or... Or, you know, take on another project that is close and similar to the same idea of, you know, helping humanity. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I love that people are connecting to, in particular, were people writing to you about what we do in the shadows? Yeah, they were. It was just uh, interesting because, you know, such a crazy time. The show, <clears throat> you know, the second season premiered during the beginning of the pandemic. We had this whole... Uh, premiere parties set up we were having all these meetings and interviews that were set up and and then like it was just two weeks before that it was like things were starting to, you know the announcement was coming in and, mm -hmm. and happening and and I had this weird foreboding feeling of just like something's gonna happen uh -huh. yeah and it was like the week of the of the premiere it was like everything was shut down and we oh had we were, we were kind of like into it deep now and and then people discover the show for the first time, you know, thanks to, we were on Hulu. And so people binge the first week, I mean, the first season mm -hmm. and the second season. And, 
and people had really nice things to say. And, and for lack of a better description, they said, you know, it's the best show to watch during quarantine because it's about a group of people who are quarantined together. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that because I'm like, truth be told, um, I had heard of it before uh, because I like to follow uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. And so I'd heard about the movie and then I was like, oh, I'd love to watch that. Wasn't accessible in the US. And then when I heard there was a show, I was like, oh, I should watch that. Got distracted. Um, and so then it was just like, haha, I'm trapped inside. <laughs> now there's no excuse. <laughs> there is no reason. I can't blame it on my ADHD. I am stuck yeah. here. And that's um, what people did. They kind of like, they kind of, you know, were honest and, and transparent about it. They're like, to be honest, I just watched it. I watched the whole two seasons in the last two weeks. And I was like, whoa, that was ambitious. Like only because I discovered it during the pandemic and someone was like, you have to watch it. And I was like, fine, I've gone through everything. So I'm going to watch it. <laughs> and, then, and then they hated themselves for not watching it sooner. But in a way, they, they were glad that they discovered it later because they had so much content to go through yeah. nonstop. And the people who get really antsy are, are diehard fans who who watch it week per week, you know, uh, and then yes. they just the next episode and they're just holding their breath until season three comes out. And it was like, don't, we're coming as fast as we can, but, you know, hold on for a second. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's so tricky. I, I thankfully also credit my ADHD. I'm not good at binge watching. I usually can watch, like, like, and it's perfect for me for that reason. It's like the exact right amount that I can watch it. And then a few days later, remember how much I enjoyed it and watch another episode. Right. <laughs> yeah. See, so, with, it's like, I like to, but like I have to watch the whole thing. So binge watch everything. Cause otherwise I hate waiting and then you get distracted. And then I, I put it in the back burner and then I'm like, well, what episode was I on? Oh, forget it. You know? And then I just like give up and I have to start over again. And that's so like, I really do like that. I like the start, the whole binge process. I, I love that like people have such interesting relationships with their media in that way. Cause that's, I love hearing your process of it. Cause that's so different than my process. Whereas I love that it's almost like Hulu and Netflix keep my place for me. It's almost like a bookmark. And then yeah. when I remember, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I know exactly where I am in this now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. And yeah, you got to keep a lot of people company. Like it was fun. Uh, it was fun getting to know the characters. And I did end up watching the movie as well. Um, and it was just like, it was like making new friends in core. Yeah, it's like you make, you know, you know, think about it, like the show is basically that. It's a group of people who are quarantined together, vampires with their human who are quarantined together, and they only leave, or he only leaves to provide, you know, uh, nourishment, which he only leaves to go mm -hmm. grocery shopping and comes back. And that's kind of what everyone's doing right now, <laughs> or should be doing, you know. So it's like you that's go. Hilarious. Yeah, it's literally the perfect show at the perfect time for that same reason. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting. And and also, you know, we're coming to the end of the year and hopes of a new year, especially with the new, you know, um, possibility and, and state of the union that we have that I feel uh, 2021 has to start off on the right foot, you know, mm -hmm. better than what we were at last year. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can't see my face because it's audio, but I just made the face of like, please be better. Yeah. <laughs> I could sense it. Even though I couldn't see it, I could sense it. <laughs> I've been setting all my intentions for better. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know where you were when the news was announced, um, but I definitely, I live in West Hollywood and um, I had thought that I have this little like white noise generator that I sleep with. It actually generates pink noise because why not? Um, and I thought that it had broken because like I woke up to these weird sounds and I was like, what is that? What? It was like the honking of car horns and people screaming in the streets. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It was the weirdest sensation. I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I never check my phone in the morning. I have a pretty strict rule about that because otherwise I'll just get sucked into my phone. Yeah. Uh, but I, for once, actually did get up. I was like, maybe I should look what's going on right now. Yeah, I think I was, <laughs> I was in Canada when that happened. And I woke up to a text and it was just like a brief text. And I was like, we did it. And I was like, what? And I was what? Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the night before I had worked really late into the night on set. I was filming and and I was just like, what? What happened? And I was like, what? And I'm in Canada, so I yeah. didn't get up by noises. Like you know, the Canadians, as much as they love, you know, probably the new direction that we're taking, they weren't as like, you know, they weren't holding like street parades on their right. our horns right. and whatnot. So I woke up and I was like, what? What's going on? And and then, um, you know, I, I don't really turn on the TV or anything in the morning. So I was on my phone and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah the new official you know president and I was like whoa I was like uh -huh. okay yeah so it was a, so it was a, it was a good time and it was weird to be in, in Canada at the time you know yeah I was gonna say were people just like politely congratulating you or like what was the reaction well I mean y yes and no like it was just like you know the cast that they're working with that Zoe's extraordinary playlist uh the majority are all american so yeah we're all in the same boat and we all work together and, and kind of live in a bubble together and that's how we mm -hmm. hang out with each other which is nice because you get to be other humans and but everyone in that cast is tested if not every day every other day for covid yeah um, i was actually gonna ask what that was like it felt very you know the first week you know well they're they canada's doing it right obviously their numbers are <laughs> great compared to america um or the u.s and, you know, the first week I got there, I quarantined for 14 days. You can't leave your, you know, apartment and, mm -hmm. and you know, you have groceries delivered to you and you can Zoom, but you can't leave your apartment at all. And, and after the 14 days, actually, before you got there, you have to get a COVID test before you get on the plane. And then you quarantine in 14 days just in case you did catch anything on the way there. And then after 14 days, you test it again and then your results come back and then you can go out in the real world. Like you can go out to the store as long as you wear a mask, you can walk out and have coffee and tea as long as, you know, it's everything is just done safely and through protocol, but you can actually live life right now in Canada and wow. enjoy the everyday life because as long as you're responsible for yourself and your health and, and everyone's doing that, then you're actually being really careful and thinking of others, then there's no reason the virus should be spreading because you're being cautious, you know? Well, and you're caring in a way, it goes back to actually what you were saying about like, in caring for yourself, you're caring for your community. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people always think that like, I used to live in Japan for like 13 months, like years ago. And this was like fresh out of school. And people are always like, oh, yeah, everyone's always wearing masks. Like, what's that for? And it's like, that's because they're being respectful. Like, if they yeah. feel like older or they're sick, they don't want to get you sick. It's like yeah. literally like being courteous to you know and just uh the idea that that wasn't even an idea that crossed americans like the the first explanation was like oh my god is it because of sars or is it because of the and it was like it's because they don't want it's to get courtesy. You yeah it's courtesy <laughs> to you the person who jumped an assumption and made you know? yes yes yeah. 
that's so funny. My best friend from high school um, is Japanese American, and she had never been to Japan. Um, and she she ended up going a few years ago, and she said the same thing where she loved that everyone was wearing their masks in Tokyo because she was just like, "This is so relaxing. I know that everyone's taking care of everybody." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds like, I'm so happy to hear that you were able to do that, that you were able to actually go and shoot and that like, I was like going to a cafe right now. Like I personally haven't because I was just like, eh, there's not really contact tracing. I don't know how to do that responsibly, but going to a cafe and having a cup of coffee and reading sounds like nirvana right now. Yeah. And I got spoiled because, you know, I was there for like three months and I I got spoiled like I was like I kept forgetting I was like this is this won't be the norm when I go back to America when I go back to the Americas you yeah know, was, yes. was the norm and I was like and I kept reminding myself of that and and sure enough I landed in LA like you know four days ago and, oh, no. and it was just a different world and I was like oh we still haven't gotten it together and it's like but I was there I I saw it I was there on the other side of the threshold <laughs> I saw what yes. possibility looked like and what we could potentially be maybe in a couple of months if if we do it if we do things right but we're not on the same page not the nation is divided so like we're not on the same page to move that direction you know that's the hardest thing is that it's like trying to get and I was thinking about this that after the election people were saying like everyone's divided and it's like mm, I think that maybe we just highlighted divisions that were already there maybe they're just a little uh, <laughs> more come to light now but at yeah. the same time it's hard to get that many people on the same page about something like I think about just how vast this country is and it boggles my mind um that I'm like, how do you get that many people on the same page? I would optimally, I would love it because that sounds amazing. And also, um, yeah, you actually can control the spread of a deadly virus through common courtesy. Um, but it's like, <laughs> it's like, how do you get everyone on that page? <laughs> we all just have to get on it and then it just takes forever. And, and yeah, I mean, everyone else in the world is starting to like come to, you know, the it just it's it blows my mind <laughs> yeah when i talk to my friends that aren't in the u.s they're always like are you okay <laughs> like... yeah yeah and that happened last time like four years ago when i was actually in canada during the the elections uh-huh and i and it happened I, I flew back the day of and oh my god sent in and everything and i and i thought i was i was flying in you know, just in time to celebrate in America. I was oh, like, yeah, no. there and we're going to make history and the first female president and all of this. And then, and then the news hit and I was like, wait, what? No, 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 no. That's not, no, no. Oh, no. You're like, turn the plane around, turn yeah, it around. It was, it, was too late. it was like, yeah, too late. Oh yeah. It was weird. Like I felt like trying to describe what this election felt like as opposed to last it was like if that was like a mass grief event in a way where I was, this felt like whatever the opposite of that was. But it's not necessarily joy because it's almost like we've been chased by a lion for years and then the lion got struck by lightning and we're like, do I keep running? Yeah. Poke it with the stick? Yeah, what do I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> what what do? Do I run back to the village and tell them like what's going on? Um <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So it's this very odd feeling of who? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that throughout this you were able to shoot though, because that is one thing that I was thinking about. 
that people, yes, they're really enjoying the story that you already filmed, but then in a way as a storyteller, you're kind of kicking it being like, cool, would love to tell more stories right now. Yeah, I feel like we were definitely one of the first, like, you know, cast to go back to work, I think, um, but not the last, obviously. And there were so many productions up in Vancouver because Vancouver was, you know, in Canada in general, were really good about how they were handling things. I think at one point there was 64 productions up there. Oh, wow. Which is a lot. Um, but if you not not really when you think about how many shows were on the air last year. Yeah. Last year there was over 500 shows. So out of 500 shows that were on the air last year, let's say that only 64 were filming. Oh my god, that's a very small percentage in comparison to what should be filming all around the world. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're very fortunate because I know that's not the same story with you know my fellow um, artists, actors, everything who who, you know, it's been a crazy year. Like the fact that to be an actor right now and to be a working actor is kind of like a blessing. And it's always a blessing to be a working actor, period. But during a pandemic is like another layer. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, now like a whole new industry has sprung up with like people who are now like the COVID safety officers essentially on set. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally different world. Like it's like, you know, every day waking up and checking in with your online medical physician and saying asking you do you have a fever do you have a cough do you are you short of breath all these questions and if you have any of them say yes you're like okay don't come to set stay right. in your house like it's right. like do not even bother yeah, I think we're right. so used to like maybe American culture it's like oh I'm coming down with someone but I'm gonna pull through and I'm gonna go to work and it's like you probably shouldn't because it's like if you do have a virus then you probably yeah. you shouldn't go to work and it's like no I'll do it I don't want to be I don't want to show that I'm like you know a wuss or or whatnot, and and I'm going to show up. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. You, it's you know, you're not a wuss. Just stay home. Like, don't you're you're going to. No, we don't want whatever you have, so like, you should stay at just home. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> no one will call you a wuss if you don't get us sick. <laughs> That's. I think that it's so strange. You really hit on something there that, like, in American culture or North American U.S. culture, I don't even know what to call it anymore. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. But in American culture, we define strength in this very like brute force way as opposed to being like hey it might actually add to everyone's overall strength if you chill at home for a day or two so that you feel better and don't get the entire rest of the set sick yeah easy breezy (laughs) (laughs) it's like where did we learn we had to do that that seems the opposite of what we should be doing here yeah yeah i do think that there's strength in like taking care of yourself and also protecting others because I've definitely, I mean, I felt that way before where I'll be like, Oh, you know, like I totally think I'm coming down with a sinus infection, but like I'll still go into session and sing. And it's like, why would I do that? I'm not going to sound good. My face is going to hurt. I'll probably get everyone else sick. That's in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it is. It's like this. Why? Guilt. I feel like it's like, I don't know where it is. It's like a guilt of like, um, you should always be ready for work. And you know, the idea that, if you're not, then that's on you and you showed weakness and that's that you didn't do your part. You should have stayed healthy, you know, and it's like, sometimes yeah. you just can't help it. Like sometimes you, you know, you, you, you caught something by accident. Like you walked into a grocery store and, and touched a cart, you know, you don't know like what you're doing. Right. And, like, and so sometimes not like people are going around licking old, you know, telephones. <laughs> You know, like licking all like, you know, telephone booths. Yeah, oh, my woe-be-gone hobby of licking phone booths. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, I don't do that anymore, so. 
<laughs> yeah, it's very, and I think also sometimes, I don't know if this happens in other cultures, but in American culture, it's like we fault ourselves if we got sick, like somehow we did something wrong, even though it's like, uh, you live in a body. It's kind of unavoidable sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just human, you know, and also it, your body needs to prove it that it has what it takes to fight off, you know, like bacteria. So then it's like, no, you should never get sick. And I was like, well, then you're lucky that your immune system is so strong, but we have to like test that immune system once in a while to make sure that it's, you know, like, oh yeah, by the way, I need you to fight for me. Exactly. Though it's been funny this year. I don't know if you have any sort of allergies. I have seasonal allergies and uh, anytime I like sneeze or cough, like I feel like I should explain to anybody that I'm talking to, I'm like, it's okay. I'm just allergic to trees. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. People are like, can you imagine like having allergies in like the 1800s? Like, oh my was, god, like, do people just hate their lives? Like that's what they were <laughs> and, like. They were just like, oh man, like it's just pollen. And it's just like, I hate every day of my life. I can't even imagine what that was like. And and were people like, you know, institutionalized because they just couldn't stand their allergies and they (laughs) they did and and it just, it spirals like a, you know, like a snowball. Like it's just like, and then they were committed because people thought they were insane. It's like, no, they were just irritated with their nose. (laughs) Exactly. I'd be that, you know, I'd be that person locked in an attic in a really nice, you know, flowing nightgown I'm imagining. Just like being like, I hate my life. Please take my sinuses. (laughs) (laughs) You can have them. I don't need them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now that you are back in LA, I mean, I guess, are you going to go back up to set in Canada or did you finish shooting? I guess like, what does it look like for you for the rest of the year? Um, So I'm back home for the holidays and uh, be here for November and December. Um, I'm actually going to try to squeeze in uh, my friend's project while I'm in LA. They're shooting a film out in Temecula. Mm-hmm. come and say hi and I was like okay then if it's done safely and all of that and and after that after New Year's I think January um goes straight to Toronto to continue um production with season three of Shadows hey so we'll be doing that and I mean that'll happen before you know it November is I mean once November comes it's it might as well be happy new year you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> once the numbers around it's like you know we only have a week and yes it's different this year but the holidays always make things move quicker for some reason and I, I so far it's been feeling that way it's already like mid-november kind of yeah so yeah it, this month kind of go faster and once december comes you know it's christmas so your focus is going to be on uh, like just christmas 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 so i wonder if people will enjoy it even more now because they're going to be so at home that people's homes are just going to explode with decorations and festivities and and yep. like you know, lights and whatnot, and what else you got to do, you know, like, probably put your energy into that for the month of December. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, banana bread, but leveled up. Yeah, level up. (laughs) (laughs) That's really exciting, though, that you are going to get to shoot season three, especially since, like you said, like, people have really connected with a show now. That is such odd circumstance because I could imagine that you were probably really excited and then we're like, well, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we usually shoot the show in the fall. And of course, this this year this happened and we were like, you know, um, we wanted to make sure make sure everyone felt safe going back and yeah. we wanted to make do that to do that transition easy and and because of quarantine, you know, we're the only ones in America, when I say that, when we, that are getting our, 
our shit together because you know New Zealand's doing great and so yeah. a lot of our crew and and whatnot are from New Zealand so they were like I'm working in New Zealand I'm fine and then we were like oh we're gonna move so we're now we're gonna shoot in the fall we may not shoot in the fall so people took jobs you know where our set yeah. designer our yeah. our costume designers from New Zealand our our DPs from New Zealand because they use them for the film you know yeah yeah the TV show and so they were like oh no we're good like we're full like like we're we're really good like New Zealand's killing it like you know we're on point yeah and because of that we wouldn't have our crew available in the fall as well oh. so we were like oh though that sucks because we don't want to move to like a different set designer or set or different costume designer they know the show so well so when is everyone available you know and everyone's like well, how do we start the new year with everyone available new fresh and everyone feeling safer we understand this this you know protocol at work for COVID mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and procedures and whatnot and so I think that's what we needed and and along the way I I you know I got asked to do Zoe's and I was like you know what I'm gonna do it I haven't done something like that it's a musical which is different so you're gonna get to see me sing and dance and yay yeah so I was like that's fun so I went and and decided to give it a go and and report back like you know I I actually been to battle and I can come back and tell tell you war stories or. <laughs> Or, or memories that were good. <laughs> I love that. War stories and musicals. <laughs> <laughs> War stories and musical filming. Yeah. That's, it's very interesting to hear about the loyalty within the production that I actually, I'm sorry that you didn't get to shoot in the fall, but I'm really glad that you, you all did kind of keep everyone together in a way where it's like, we're not going to go with someone different because that designer already knows what they're doing. Like, you know, that it's kind of like you preserve the integrity of the project essentially. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's hard because we're a small crew and cast, like the whole cast is only five people, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not that big. Um, and so we want to respect everyone's wishes and, and also, do it with everyone you know uh and the crew knows the show so well and you know it, it's down to the crew and cast that that make the show so amazing and so you know it's no mistake that the show got nominated for eight nominations for you yeah. know where like down to like everything like you know for script and sound and etc cetera, etc cetera. so like it's because it takes a village and we're really you know supportive and happy to be a part of that village and and we don't want to, you know, uh, start a new season without the village being hold. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't want to lose any of your villagers. <laughs> your villagers. Yeah. <laughs> In my dream world, I'm like, maybe everyone could just go to New Zealand. <laughs> Honestly, that was a point where, you know, I, I was supposed to do another project that was going to shoot New Zealand. But schedule wise, we we're supposed to shoot Shadows this fall so it wouldn't allow for it uh -huh. and I had to turn the project down but I was looking forward to it and I was like oh no it would have been great to like step down the plane and quarantine for 14 days and then just come out like yeah you know, like not have to wear a mask you can actually shake hands talk to people hug people again and and, and as long as you are good and you're you know you're COVID free then you can yeah. be released into New Zealand and that was like something I was looking forward to I was like, that'd be great so I guess I took the second best choice was to do that semi in Canada where they're still doing it right you know I was gonna say at least at least you got the opportunity to like kind of get out for a little bit because I think that that's 
it's strange when people don't have the perspective of talking to people who have been to other countries that it's like, even like the same thing with like our political and our social systems that people are like, oh, this has to be the only way. And it's like, surprise. <laughs> yeah, it always blows my mind when people think that this is it. Like they're like, well, everyone's on the same. It's like, we're not. We're really not on the same no. boat because everywhere around the world has different, you know, leaders and, and, it's just different. It's just because they 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 don't have a dictator. Surprise! <laughs> and, yeah. and they don't have someone who downplays science and, mm-hmm. and proof and evidence and and that's what's what's uh, different that the the rest of the world has that they actually you know they, everyone has their own political you know. Um, problems in every country everyone has their own thing they're dealing with but the one thing that everyone can agree on agree on mostly is that yeah science is there and it's facts are facts and and this is only going to help us it's not to like you know just uh, make up stories and right right Clorox bleach should not be (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very much um Yeah, the whole politicization of masks. I'm like, what would really be someone's end game if like if they were like, haha, I got you to wear a mask. It's like, would that be the whole end game? Like, what's nefarious about that? I'm very confused. Yeah, I still don't get that. Like it's like, what do you think we're trying to do? It's like, how are you being stripped from your right? Like it's just like, I don't have to wear a mask. I have the right to contaminate everyone. And it's like, what? Maybe (laughs) that kind of goes against your social contract. I don't know. Yeah, like, what, you hear yourself. I don't have to hear myself because I make no sense. <laughs> You're just like, what is going on? It's very and science. It's so strange when people say they don't believe in science. It's like science is a process. Science is kind of like, for lack of a better way of saying it, it's the official fuck around and find out. It's yeah. like, will it always be accurate? No, because you discover more the more you do. It's sort of like we discovered you don't have to wipe down your groceries because you kind of don't need to. Now we know how long the virus lives on things. It's like stuff like that where it's like you discover more about a situation the more you learn about it. But that's the whole point. You want to learn more about it. You want to inquire and then you want to go with what's the latest news that we got as opposed to being like, nope. (laughs) Nope. I don't believe in news. <laughs> I don't believe in discovering new stuff. Yeah. And I don't like you proving me wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's definitely an American thing about doubling down on being wrong that's really remarkable to me. Yeah, more importantly, you can't make me look bad against my own opinion. <laughs> yes. Yes, where it's like I I definitely even during this time period talking to people for the podcast have definitely had moments where I'm just like, "Whoa, wow, I was I was very wrong and it really behooves me to listen to someone else's perspective. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to be wrong and learn new stuff. Like it's okay to give yourself that opportunity to be like, oh, I never realized that. Yeah. Now I know that. They won't just admit to being wrong or admit that they learned something because that shows weakness and defeat. And as Americans, I feel that we're trained to be we're number one we're number one it's like but you're wrong I said number. <laughs> one. 
Exactly. Exactly. I try to, when I counsel people, I give them the advice of like, hey, you were going off of what like past you knew. And so you can be really compassionate to past you, but like you have new information now. So current you might have a few more tools than past you had. <laughs> like, <laughs> past you might have made some dodgy decisions, but you were only acting on what you knew then. <laughs> yeah. You still have t- you still have time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can always make a different choice. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that you've been able to actually like kind of exercise your artistic skills during this because I would imagine that would be really tough to just be sitting around and not be able to like a lot of the musicians I've talked to during this time have been like well I can do like turn into studio work but like you can't tour yeah it's a uh, surprisingly enough like it's you know voiceover work has become kind of really uh up front like it was like yeah I just you know was realizing that it's during this time that like you know animation is really kind of like I've always wanted to do animation, cartoons, whatnot, and and now the opportunity has kind of uh, presented itself because of I think quarantine because more projects are like perfect. You can shoot at home, you know. Yes. I recorded a full episode for um, a Comedy Central cartoon in my bedroom in 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 Vancouver. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and just had like a Zoom meeting with like all the writers and producers and they were directing me and they send the equipment and I set it up. It's like a little sound stage and a little oh, microphone. It connects to your laptop and and I was like, wow, no one will ever know that this cartoon <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's so fun. Cause yeah, yeah. Voice acting, it's a whole thing that I think that a lot of people don't know that a lot of actors do. And especially like, it is a whole shenanigan to set up your own booth at home and things like that. So unless it really is your primary thing, you know, that could be very difficult because then you have to go into the studio and record. But that's so cool that they set you everything and are like, here you go, pop-up studio. Yeah, it was really kind of like, here you go, you figure it out. And it's like, um, but no, they really were helpful, but it was like, not that hard. It was like the microphone and set up the volume to levels on your computer. So mm-hmm. you become like a little engineer. Oh, that reminds me, I should ask them for engineer credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you do become like, you know, and you know that everyone's trying to make it work. You know, it literally, no one no one ever said in history we were fine the way we were and like not willing to learn anything new and be progressive we we're human and we're meant to move forward so wherever something happens and then the situation you know arises that we need to adapt then we do like we always adapt and now we're adapting to the new way of of doing animation in this time and age and also maybe uh, filming and auditions and interviews and you know all that will always adapt because we're human and we're resistant. Yep. I was, just like, <laughs> I was like, why not both? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're both. <laughs> we're both. It kind of reminds me of I got a um I got a silicon muffin tin so that I could make egg bites without having to try and pry them out of a metal muffin tin. And I was just like, ah, human beings are a bit like that muffin tin where it's like, we can bake awesome stuff, but look then you can pop it out and you don't have to yeah. struggle. <laughs> and why anyone think about this? Why anyone think about this before? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I bought this and I was just like, this is the best thing that's happened to me all year. Um, but thinking about that, that it's like you can be resilient and you can try new things. Like had animation and voice work been something that you'd been interested in before and just like hadn't had the opportunity as much? Or like what's your relationship with it? 
Yeah, I mean, I've always been interested. I've always been a dream of mine to be like a cartoon, you know? And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I want to be a cartoon so bad. And also to be a toy, you know, like growing yes. up, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so cool to be a toy, you know? Um, and yeah, I feel like because of this, maybe it has to be a combination of things, maybe with the success of Shadows and uh, people knowing your name now a little bit more than they might have a couple of seasons ago. And uh-huh, uh-huh. more of, um, you know possibility and then those doors are open and by all means like the work has been put so if those doors open I'm ready to you know kick them <laughs> <open>. <laughs> like if they're, if they're a jar I will kick them open um love that. But, love that yeah and so you know it's a combination of things and I feel like you know and you still like audition for things or some things are offers and it's nice to always get an offer because as an actor you're like oh wow they don't even want to hear me do it nope they want you and they yeah. do it and you're like oh wow that's so nice and then you still obviously get auditions like yeah they want you to put on tape and like okay you know and, I'm, and either or mm-hmm. uh it's always nice to to be wanted <laughs> yes yes and especially i mean every entertainment field is filled with you just being like hi i'm kicking the door and the door's like eh. you're like no i'm kicking the door and the door's like i don't really care and then yeah. after about 10 years the door's like oh, i guess i'll open yeah my favorite thing is always people saying well i love you on that show and it's like oh what an overnight success and it's like well because you you just discovered me you know like you just but overnight uh you don't see like all the work and you know the sweat blood and tears uh for the past years and years and years you know towards this because and that should make that's my job as well to make it look effortless when you see someone perform, you're like, that looks so good, the natural, I believe that, wow, that guy's good, you know, it's like, good, then that's the job, I did the job, well. You're like, I did it. I did it, I did it, I made it look effortless, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, because you posted something, um, of course, I insta-stalked you before I interview, like one does, as a professional. expected <laughs> <laughs> and encouraged. <laughs> exactly, and I loved your post where you were talking about, like, how you had that acting teacher that was just like, oh, you should be in theater. Yeah. Excuse me. Not to like, you know, dunk on theater, but like at the same time, you were just like, uh, (laughs) it was, uh, it was weird because I very, you know, toxic relationship um, with this drama teacher. Uh, I mean, I can say his name because I don't care because of, you know, he knows who he is. It was Patrick Posada. And he was very problematic when he kind of um, the way he talked to the students. Like I remember him like telling one of the girls that, or asking her if she was going to lose weight because Hollywood, wow. you know, uh, and I was like, you can't ask us that. And, you know, I've always had like body issues growing up. Like I've always been bigger. And so for me, I was like, always, I was always happy with who I was. It wasn't until someone pointed out that I shouldn't be. Right. You know, and it was like, I've always been, look, growing up, I was always happy. I mean, I came from a very poor family, uh, immigrant family, like low income. I, I was happy and I wasn't, I I was only not happy when someone told me that I shouldn't be because I didn't have, you know, those gifts or I didn't have that bicycle or I didn't have that body or I didn't have that eye color or that haircut. Like it was, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be happy until someone was dictating what I should be feeling. And then once yes. I realized it was like, my feelings are not for you to maneuver and conduct and steer, then the sooner you learn that, the sooner you're like in your own skin and make peace with that and hold your space, you know? So I love that, that your feelings are your own and that it's like, in a way we teach scarcity and we teach prejudice, whereas our default setting is just like, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. And I was, that was always just cool with, you know, being who I am until like, you know, going to the business of like, 
doing theater and I always did theater growing up and in high school this new teacher came in and he had been in the biz because this guy had been in Karate Kid 2 as flower go flower guy number two. And, <laughs> Good old flower guy number two. Yeah and of course the scene was omitted. Um, he said he had a falling out with the director or something that's where they decided not to go with it. That's the story and he's sticking to it but this guy had been in the biz like we we took everything he said with you know such weight like we were like whoa. Mm -hmm. he, mm -hmm. And so he really uh, kind of carried himself that way. And I remember one time I just asked him, I was like, well, I want to be in television and film. How did you do it? I, I want to get, he's like, you want to be in television and film? He's like, he's like, yeah, do you think I could be in television and film? And he was like, when pigs fly. Wow. And I just remember thinking, whoa, what? He's like, no, what I'm saying is, look, you're very, very funny. You're very funny. Stick to theater. Theater is better because theater is more forgiving. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. And I was just like, I, I think so. He's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, stick to theater. You're going to be great in theater. Hey, whatever you need, let me know. And, you know, I got contacts uh, at different theaters. And, you know, he talks like a big talk. And I was like, that's not what I'm focusing on. Like, you, what are you saying that I can do TV and film? That was in my back of my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I walked out of that classroom. And for the brief second that I walked out, I really remember this moment of like doubting myself. For mm -hmm. the brief, sw smallest second, I really thought, Oh, maybe he's right. What do? And then I went, wait a minute. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to put that guy on a trebuchet and launch him into the sun. Yeah. And I was just like, no. I was like, you know what? If It's like a cup of tea. It's like not everyone's going to drink it and have it's their flavor, but it's still piping hot. And if someone doesn't like it at this table, just move it on to the next one. And eventually, oh I'm going to take a sip and, you know, and realize that it's their cup of tea. I mean, like, full disclosure, when I did tell my friend Lori Penny, who is an amazing journalist and writer, um, I told them that I was interviewing you, and their reaction was, oh my God, I have the biggest crush on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, like, yes. single and ready to mingle. That's exactly. That's I was the just like, way, I think, for everyone, right? Right? Now. They were like, oh my God. It was just crazy <laughs> the way that he spoke to people. and. And eventually, um, you know, I, I remember thinking about this not so long ago when I posted that on Instagram where I did a photo shoot with this amazing friend and uh, photographer, Ali Vizi, um, mm -hmm. who's amazing. And, and she said, I want to do something different, something weird. And I was like, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to like, basically I was in underwear. You can see my legs and I'm just wearing a shirt and, and I'm wearing this pig mask. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like mm -hmm. these like dance, like arabesque, like middle of air with all my years of like dance training, like. You have a great point, by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, there yeah. you go. All those years. And then I wanted to show off the like, you know, and going back and if I ever bumped into him, I would just go to him and just be like, when pigs fly, you know, like you said, when pigs fly, huh? And it's like, well, oink, oink, bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> it turns yeah. out this whole time you were putting something down that on its own was taking flight I was that when pigs fly I am the miracle I am myself the pig that's flying it's something you never seen before I am that so yes. at it right in front of you and you never saw it because you never put me in that position I put myself in that position yes and I'm like who who do you feel like you looked up to in that way or did you have anyone that you looked up to that did give you that feeling of like fuck that guy, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> like, there wasn't a lot growing up that I could really kind of latch on to just because, you know, growing up, I didn't see a lot of like plus size Latinx, you know, kids on TV. That was mm -hmm. one of the things that I was, you know, warned about when I was little. They're like, you know, 
where do you see yourself on television? And I, I didn't. And yeah. then here's and I and and I realized that just because you don't see yourself doesn't mean you can't be the first. Excellent. You know, and so learning that was like, because you know, it is discouraging. I I had like I had some, I had like semi like that I was like oh like John Belushi and John Candy these big funny guys both unfortunately tragic ending you know so it was like I was like ooh, I was like is there like an expiration like I was like oh what am I what am I getting myself into you know it's like so but those were the only people I could latch on to and the people that I saw like in you know Spanish-speaking television and the Latinx culture were always the butt of the jokes and literally were called you know El Nono or El Gordo, like it was like, mm-hmm. like you know, these terms that were um, horrible and no kid wanted to be called those things, you know? So I was like, oh, I can't even like, it went down to like the Power Rangers, like growing up, like I was like, which Power Ranger am I? <laughs> and it was just like, well, I guess I can be like Billy because Billy's like cool and nerdy and he has glasses and yeah. And then people are like, well, you can't be Billy. And it's like, why? Because Billy's blue eyed and blonde hair. And I was like, but I have like similar characteristics. Oh. To and it was like, well, you can maybe be Jason, but not really because Jason's really cool. <laughs> You're like, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and, and then also, mind you, this was coming from a group of like kids who were all like multi ethnic, you know? So it was yeah. like <laughs> within, within the community, there was already this like idea and like of like, segregation and 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 racism within the group of like people yeah. who, people of color themselves and I was like wait what why are we doing this like why are we doing yes. this and and it's just because you know I think out of fear like that's like hate is taught or or to to fear something that's different than you not to say that and you know those kids were like extreme no <laughs> like no I don't think you're like yeah no, 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 no. I don't think you're dunking on them <laughs> I, I, I don't know but it starts off I noticed that it does start you know and even in the Latino community, there, um, there it, there's always something like a little like backhanded compliment or something that that's being taught from you know our parents and grandparents who are products of their time and their environment, which mm-hmm. doesn't make it right. You know, people used to smoke inside an office and drink scotch before noon. Doesn't right. mean it's right. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a good time, but it doesn't mean it's right. Be curious about science. If we're like, hmm, did yeah. we discover something new? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I feel like we've come so far we have so far to go (laughs) yeah and you were talking about it's almost like when you don't have representation you have to almost like interpolate yourself into other characters and into other schemas that you're like this doesn't quite fit but I guess it's close enough yeah like I think I'll this will do yeah the idea is that hopefully there's a kid who's seeing tv right now and sees the opportunity possibility because they see someone who looks like them which I know for a fact a lot of People have reached out and, and they said, I'm part of like, you know, I don't see a lot of people in the in the goth world who are Latinx, especially yeah. they're not represented. And because of Guillermo and what we do in the shadows is very goth, you know, friendly. Yes. Um, they feel represented. And I've had people come to me uh, at, at Comic-Cons last year where they literally were in tears. They're like, I never feel seen, especially being Latinx or being queer, or being person of size, being a person of color. And when you check off all these like, you know, boxes as that you are saying it's okay to be these things. And yes, you are, you know, allowed to hold space and this is your time and you're allowed to have happiness and you're entitled to to pursue a life of happiness, you know, then that yes. really 
make a difference with anyone who's watching. It doesn't matter what age it is. And if it's a teenager or a kid who's looking at being an actor and sees it as something aspirational, or it's an adult who halfway through life realized, yeah, why am I not doing what makes me happy? And they switch it around, then, yes. then by all means, everything's been done for a reason. <laughs> yes. And not to, not to spoil anything, but especially Guillermo's story arc really speaks to that. Absolutely, where you, <laughs> you you read a book by its cover and you just make assumptions and and then realize that there's greater power in someone that you you never saw. Exactly, exactly. I was just like, and that oh, I love that you actually are getting to communicate with the people that have found so much meaning in what you're doing because it sounds like as a kid you were like, oh, I don't really see this, and now as an adult you can be like, oh, I am this, but also to take in that you are making an impact in that way. I'm like, oh. it makes me happy too just because I you know I was looking for a mold for so long because I was being told that the mold was not is somewhere out there for you that you might fit you're kind of like a Jack Black you're like a Latinx Jack Black and and I love Jack like he's great but I was like well I like to be my own thing you know yeah to compare me to and then so now what the goal is that hopefully someone can who's Latinx who's you know uh, maybe plus size or bigger can be compared like yeah you're like a like a young Harvey Guillen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so strange that like, we do really make someone, when we do finally have representation, then everyone gets kind of slotted in there. Like full disclosure, it was hilarious that I have had multiple people ask me if I'm related to Barbara Streisand simply because I'm Jewish and I sing. And I'm like, you think there's only like two of us? <laughs> like what yeah, happened no, here? There's only two of you guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's just me and Babs. That's it. That's yeah. wow. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you get to this conclusion? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's very weird. It's very, very weird. And so I think that representation is important, both so other people obviously can see themselves in you, but also so that you can see that even within that, like, you know, each... We all contain multitudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's been a whole lifetime of people asking me. And I don't, I don't think I actually look like her. It's very confusing. It's just people want to make an assumption or feel like they, it's always the narrative and how it's presented and controls the narrative. It's like they can walk away from meeting you and saying, oh, I met the sweetest gal. I think she's related to Barbara Streisand. <laughs> They're going to make their own story, whether you like it or not. And whether, you know, unless you correct them, be like, no, actually I'm not. And, and oh. for all, you know, that person can walk away and be like, oh, is that so sweet that she was embarrassed because I, I <laughs> she was she was related to Barbara Streisand because I realized that she was. Realized it. It would be like if everyone assumed that like you knew everyone in the queer Latinx community. Like, yeah. Like they're like, oh, do you know? It's like, no, I don't. It's like, you don't really? It's like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. I just said it. <laughs> okay, well, I just thought you guys would, you know, anyways. I think he knows him. He's just shy. I think he's just shy. I think he actually knows this one person out of a million people that are in this community. <laughs> like, I think they're just like, you know, with each other, they know each other, so they just protect each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, that's such an interesting phenomenon. I say <laughs> interesting in so many shades of meaning. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited that you do get to represent all those communities because I was thinking about not to like drift too political but like what um, Kamala Harris said in her in her speech that she's like I'm the first woman in this position essentially but I'm not going to be the last 
exactly. Uh, and so it is really interesting when you're in that pivotal position where you're like, haha, I've gotten here. Now there can be lots more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it always like, it just, it's, it comes down to like, it blew my mind when I found out that for the Emmys, like for best supporting uh, male in a comedy, uh, no, like, no Latinx actors or queer Latinx actors have ever been nominated in history. What? Yeah. I mean, I say what, not like I should be surprised. That's definitely like a white person what. Um, <laughs> but also like... <laughs> yeah, like it hasn't happened. And, and you know, if you look at the research and even down to like, uh, you know, Desi Arnaz, like his whole cast got nominated for I Love Lucy and he didn't. Wow. And the idea that, uh, you know, I think we've obviously, last year was amazing. We had so many people of color nominated and win, uh, but there's also, there's always room for, for work, you know, and we're mm -hmm. doing the work and mm -hmm. we're, we're doing that. Um, so it's, when it's, it is earned, it's earned because of the work that you're doing, not just because of the throwaway, which at this point, I don't think it would even be a throwaway. <laughs> it would be like, right. I think everyone's kind of like, thanks to Desi and everyone who came after him, like, you know, has kind of paved the way and paid their dues. And now it's like time to, to maybe put some spotlight onto some of those uh, Latinx actors, you know? Yes. Yes. I'm personally, I'm thrilled that everyone is getting so much attention for the show. It makes me very happy in my tiny little LA goth heart. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> I'm like, it is absolutely well-deserved um, and a long time coming. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm just like, I could talk to you forever, but I also want to be respectful of time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, time's already gone by. <laughs> yes, I have, I have total time blindness. Like, it's really, it's a blessing and a curse because when I'm enjoying something, it feels like it goes by in like a millisecond. And I'm just like, oh my God, that was amazing. That was hours. But like when I actually don't like something, it'll be like five minutes of a task I don't like. And I'm like, oh my God, is this over yet? Yeah. started. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me though. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This has been a joy. And like, ditto. It was. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode. Thank <laughs> you.